Again, first question. What's something we read on the internet that turned out to not to be true? Anything in particular that stand out? And then there's all, a lot of stuff. Just about everything you read on the internet, just about, but anything that stand out and strike you as significant recently. Remember that uh, that issue with that that uh, that uh, gay fellow who said he was attacked? Oh yeah, that's just oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, for my son, I didn't know there's something funny about that. Uh, and turned out he planned the whole thing. Okay, uh, okay. Let's then look at Bible meets life. Sadly, we have a new phrase in our American lexicon: fake news. At one time, news publishers made large financial investments in reporters, editors, marketing, and printing presses. But today, thanks to the internet and digital technology, virtually anybody can set up a professional-looking online newsletter that rivals the websites and digital newspapers of legitimate news sources. One person can twist the facts, express his views as factual, and present it in a way that seems legitimate. Even though it looks good or sounds legitimate, it's still fake news. But that doesn't keep people from passing the stories along, especially when it falls in line with what they believe. The fake news continues to spread. A religious leader can sound equally convincing. His doct doctrine may carry an air of legitimacy and even contain elements of truth. But if it is not grounded in scripture, it's fake. And people will flock to such religious teaching if it appeals to what they want to believe. It doesn't matter how many people believe it. If, it is, if a religion is not grounded on the truth of God's word and the reality of Jesus Christ, it's false and dangerous. Okay, so today we must stay on God against the dangers of false teaching in the church so that we are not confused and led astray. The best way to do this is to know the truth about God's word. Okay, if you know the truth, then you can't go wrong. But what is the point? Truth is grounded in the reality of who Jesus Christ is. That's right. Truth is grounded in the reality of who Jesus is. Okay, we have a couple of passages that we want to look at, as usual. And the first one is 1 John 2, 18 to 20. But before that, let me give you the setting. In the latter part of the first century, a form of heresy, later known as Gnosticism, began to develop and influence Christian churches. Certain people within the churches began spreading false teachings, particularly related to the person and the work of Jesus Christ, and left the churches. As a result, the Apostle John wrote to refute the messages of these false teachers and to provide assurance of salvation for believers who trusted in Jesus Christ. That's the background, or that's the backdrop of our study that we want to keep in mind as we go into the verses today. Okay, let's have someone read the first one, please. Children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that Antichrist is coming, 
Even now many unchristists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Continue. Keyword, Antichrist. The Greek word, Antichristos. Antichristos. Yeah, can be singular of the word. It refers to those who destroy the truth about Christ as well as those who oppose Christ. In the first century AD, the Apostle John warned, it is the last hour. We in the 21st century can think John was mistaken. Throughout the New Testament references to the last days, the last hour speak about a period of time. These refer to the time between Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, the beginning point of salvation, and that moment when he returns and brings the culmination com of that salvation. In the last days also comes the Antichrist. John was the only New Testament writer to use this word, but he used it in different ways. Sometimes it referred to one person, and sometimes it referred to all those who are against Christ one person. Sometimes the word referred to one individual. Daniel called him the coming ruler, Daniel 9.26. Paul called him the lawless one, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9. John referred to him as the beast, Revelation 13.1. Whether the Antichrist is alive now or not, we do not know and we should not speculate on who he is. Multiple persons. The world also has many antichrists. Those who live by false idea that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone then who opposes Christ and biblical teaching about who he, who, about who he is can be called an antichrist. In verse 18, John mentioned antichrist, that individual who is coming, but he focused on the group who has risen up to tear apart the church with their false teachings and opposition, the opposition to Jesus. This antichrist went out from us abandoning the church. Since these individuals stand against Christ, they have no reason to be a part of this church. We've all seen people who claim to follow Jesus for a time, but eventually left the church. Their departure is not just evidenced by their absence, but lack of involvement. They abandon truth for twisted truth or twisted God's truth 
to fit what they want to believe. Their truth is a lie. Many also abundant biblical morality. Continue. These Antichrists are not Christians who lost their salvation. They were involved in the external things of the church, but were void of many internal transformations. They were never saved to begin with. When they went out from us, they proved they did not really belong to us in the first place. Obedience and love for God are evident in his children. Where's John 2, 12 and 17? John identified perseverance as another map of God's children. We, what keeps the child of God from falling for a lie and half-truth of the anti-crisis? We have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of us know the truth. Non-truths, partial truths, and distorted truths are everywhere. Just like you've heard of a lie detector, we have a truth detector. When we get saved, God puts his Holy Spirit in us. When we let the Holy Spirit fill us, we become increasingly sensitive to his truth. Like a red warning fly, we have uh, he helps us design something that is not true. We need to listen to God's warning. That check in our spirits. The more we immerse ourselves in the truth of God's word, the more we recognize teaching that does not line up with that truth. Two contradictory statements cannot both be true. Scripture is truth, and there is no middle ground. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. That's a mouthful. That's right. Uh, notice uh, the paragraph says, these antichrists are not Christians. Now notice, who's an antichrist? Those who do not believe that Jesus Christ is coming to the world. Right. Those who do not believe that Jesus Christ is in the world, anybody who have anything against Christ are antichrist. Anti means against. All right. So anybody who have anything, anybody who see anybody who have anything against Christ, they are antichrist. Now there is one specific person who the Bible talks about as being the antichrist who will come into the world. And, and again, we are warned not to speculate about who that person is. You can spend a whole lot of time speculating about who that person is rather than spending time in learning the truth of God's word. And God wants us to focus on the truth of his word, not on speculating, right? So he says, these antichrists are not Christians who lost their salvation. In other words, these are not people who backslide, like we say, okay? They were never saved in the first place, okay? They were void of the internal transformation, uh, he says. Okay, question number two. What are some specific teachings that make a false religion false? Could we think of some things other than persons who don't believe that Jesus is the Christ? What are some other teachings that make false religions false? We know of them. What are they? 
Jehovah's Witness, right, okay? Seventh-day Seven Adventists, okay? The Jehovah's Witness don't believe that Jesus is Christ. He's a man, a God. Okay, well, who else? And which one say he's a prophet? Which religion that is? Um, the Rastay. I think it's uh, Muhammad. Uh, the Rastay. They say Jesus is a prophet. Okay. Yeah. I think it's Rastay. The Rastafarians. Okay. Hmm? Yeah, Muslims, 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 okay, the Muslims as well. Okay. Okay. All right, next we will see specific things Antichrist teach that make it clear that they are false teachers. And that brings us to our next passage. First John chapter 2, verses 21 to 25. Who want to take that one? I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is a liar? If not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son as the Father as well. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He Himself made to us, eternal life. Continue. False teaching and false teachers are everywhere. Their doctrines can vary, but one core truth is universally denied by them. They twist and even deny that the Bible tells us about Jesus. They may express their denial in a variety of ways. They do not believe the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. They want to add to the teaching about Jesus. They want to take something away from the teaching of Jesus. They believe Jesus is fully God, but was never a man. They believe Jesus was a man and nothing more. To deny any of all the truth about Jesus is to deny the Father. No one can say they love and follow God without loving and following Jesus. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Jesus himself. Jesus himself stressed this truth. The Father who sent me has himself testified about me. You have not heard his voice at any time, and you haven't seen his form. You don't have his word residing in you. Because you don't believe the one he sent. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. But you are not willing to come to me so that you may not John 5:37-40. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. John 6:45. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. Later in this epistle, John 2 has how we discern false teaching. 
He tests teachers on the core truth that Jesus is fully man and fully God. He invited us to test the spirits. John, 1 John 4, 1. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come to end the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. The truth of Jesus, fully man and fully God, is central to the gospel and to salvation. And we are never to lose sight of that. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. Think about your salvation and the moment you accept Christ, you believe. One, Jesus is God's Son. Two, He paid for your sins on the cross. And three, He was raised from the dead. Four, when we place our trust in Christ, in Jesus Christ, we receive eternal life. This is the gospel. Four and six. Our walk with Jesus, our walk with Christ, started here and it does not end here. We don't graduate into a deeper truth that no Christians aren't free to. As we grow in Christ and go deeper and deeper into His Word, we find ourselves continually coming back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the truth remains in us. We will remain in the Son and in the Father. Okay, good, thanks. Notice, uh, uh, to, the one, uh, to the one thing all false teachers have in common, notice, uh, one thing they all have in common, and that is they, they twist and deny what the Bible says about Jesus. Anytime you find anyone who does that, you know who they are. It's clear and simple. They deny, they do not believe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Okay, some of them say they are all different gods. They're not one. Uh, they want to add to the teachings about Jesus. Uh, anytime persons uh, quote something, you want to find out where in the scripture that is from. I have a, my brother-in-law will always, when someone says something to him, he would always just respond with, book, chapter, verse. Where is it? What book is it in? What chapter is it in? And what verse is it? If they can't tell you that, forget it. Okay, they want our teachings about Jesus Christ. They want to take something away from the teachings of Jesus. You'll find that they want to eliminate, and that's, what they, uh, that's, that's a characteristic of Satan. Remember when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness? He misquoted scripture. He used scripture, but he misquoted it. He said some things and he deleted some things. When he tempted Eve, okay, he caused Eve to add some things that the Bible didn't have. God says, do not eat from the tree uh, that is found in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the garden. What did Eve respond to Satan? God says, don't eat from him and don't even touch it. God never said anything about not touching it. All right, so the Satan will, will do those things to cause you to add to the scriptures. We want to be careful of that. Uh, they believe Jesus is, they want to take something away from the teaching of Jesus. They believe Jesus is fully God, but was never a man. Some believe that he was always a spirit and he was never flesh and blood. What did Jesus say after he rose from the dead and he went to his disciples? 
touch me. Okay, a spirit has not flesh and bones. These people believe that Jesus was never a man, that he was always a spirit. And that's, this was, that was Jesus' response uh, to his disciples and to the critics who said that he was never fully man in the first place. They believed Jesus was a man and nothing more. So you get the opposite there. There are those who believe that Jesus was a man and he was never God. All right, so these are some of the, the false teachings uh, that uh, those who are anti-Christ, against Christ, will perpetuate, they will teach, and they will try to spread. Uh, notice what this this, this uh, chart says. Can you read that? Truth. Truth. Is grounded in the reality that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. Truth is grounded in the reality, not a theory, okay, or a speculation, but the reality that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus says, I and my Father are one. Let me give you something to look at here. Um, here throws up. One person. One person. These are some of the world religions that we need to be mindful of and be on guard against. There's world religions on one side and on the other side that have cults. Okay, and it tells us what the what what Christianity believes about God, uh, what Christianity believes about Jesus or teaches about Jesus, what Christianity teaches about sin, what Christianity teaches about salvation, what Christianity teaches about the scriptures, and what Christianity teaches about heaven. But it also shows us what Islam believes about these same, th these same things. Okay? Islam believes Allah is the only one true and eternal and infinite creator. The Trinity is rejected. That's what Islam believes about God. And then uh, Islam believes that a great prophet, that Jesus is a great prophet, but not the Son of God. He did not die on the cross, but was taken to heaven. He did not rise from the dead, and since he didn't, since he didn't die. All right, this is what Islam believes about Jesus. Okay, and then uh, they believe uh, about about sin. Willful disobedience is Allah's will. Sin is caused by human weakness or forgetfulness, but not inherited. See that? The Bible teaches the complete opposite. Okay, the Bible says the nature of all people to be dis disobedient to God and His will. That's sin from Christianity's teaching. And then we see uh, what they believe about salvation. It requires uh, what Islam believes about salvation it requires strict obedience to the five pillars of Islam and good works. There's no assurance of salvation. What in trouble? Eh? They don't believe in assurance of salvation. Okay, as far as the scriptures are concerned, Islam believes the the Quran is the inspired word of Allah, not God, revealed to Muhammad, a man. The angel Gabriel dictated the words exactly as they were given to him. Okay? So they don't have the word of God at all. Okay? The Quran is not the word of God. Okay? And then about heaven, Islam believes uh, paradise is where the saved will have all their desires met. 
Men will have the companionship of young and beautiful women. This is why the 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 uh, <laughs> this is what they believe. This is what they believe, and that's why the the the, the, the terrorist uh, uh, bombers do what they do. They are promised companionship with young beautiful women, and that's what causes them to do the things that they do. Okay, they're going to go to paradise. That's what they believe. And then Buddha, Buddhism, um, Buddhism believes uh, that uh, about God, most, mostly atheistic, does not speculate about the existence of God, founder, Gautama, Buddha, is the person who founded Buddhism, uh, made no claim to divinity. All right, uh, about Jesus. Jesus is not a part of traditional Buddhism. So Jesus don't exist as far as Buddhism is concerned. And sin, humans are bound by the law of karma. Good works accrue, good work, good works accrue, good karma. Oh, welcome back. Karma and evil deeds accrue. Bad karma. Okay? Uh, Alright, so you see, they, they, they believe in this karma stuff. Alright, and then uh, salvation, attaining nirvana, or total loss of all craving. That's what they believe about salvation, Buddha. And then as far as the scriptures, various texts, the most authoritative, authoritative are compiled in the Pali Canon, whatever that is. Okay, as far as heaven concerned, Buddha believes no heaven or hell, continued cycles of reincarnation, the quality of accrued karma determines level of rebirth after death. Okay, so they believe in reincarnation. They believe that you live many, many different lives. You are recycled, is what they believe. And then Hinduism, the last one on the sheet, now there are many more than this, this is just a few, are the most prominent ones. Uh, Hinduism believes, generally believe in, in monism. All is one. And, and pantheism, all is God. Many acknowledge three main deities, but there are 330 million Hindu gods. Get that? 330 million Hindu gods. All right? I remember there was an accident on the, out, out uh, near... Um, uh, Albany. I was going out there one day and there was an accident and this this Hindu boy died in an accident. Uh, many remember that. Yeah. Uh, he was a he was yeah, he was um, his dad was a doctor, right. And he was just starting college or university. Right. He he was in my wife's K four class. My wife taught him in K four. Uh, but when I was, when I was, uh, while I was waiting in traffic, because they had all the traffic backed up and the road was blocked off and the fire people was, those cars were demolished. They had to cut people out of the cars and stuff. And this young man was laying on the ground and I saw the man coming running past the car with a cell phone in his hand. And I said, boy, he must be a relative. It turned out he was the father. Yeah. But they asked the um, paramedics and everybody if they could do some rituals over the body. Wow. They were Hindus. They were Hindus, and they, they, they allowed them to do it, and they did just all kinds of funny stuff over the body of the boy. 
uh, probably trying to reach one of those 330 million uh, Hindu gods. Uh, but that's what they believe. It's sad. It's sad. About Jesus, Jesus is not a part of traditional Hinduism. Some may regard him as a great guru. Okay, or in other words, a prophet. Uh, about sin, humans are bound by the law of karma. They believe in karma too. Good works accrue good karma, and evil deeds accrue bad karma. Okay? As, uh, regarding salvation, three main parts of salvation. The way of works, the way of knowledge, per the way of devotion. And with the scriptures, the oldest holy writings are the Vedas, Bhagavad Gita is the most popular Hindu text. They don't believe in the Bible. As far as uh, heaven is concerned, they believe in reincarnation. Okay, reincarnation is a cycle of rebirths. Karma determines how one climbs to the higher caste, finally achieving release from reincarnation. Okay, those are the world religions. Now look at some of the cults on the next page, on the next side. Uh, again, uh, the cults are Latter-day Saints, that's the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Christian Science. And these are just the prominent ones, uh, are cults that we have in the world today. Now, whenever I encounter the Jehovah's Witnesses, I tell them plain, plain, plain up front, you're a cult. I, you're, as a cult, you don't have anything that would be of interest to me. All right, I stop and bed in their trucks, just like that. Did you okay. notice they're on the road more than anyone? Yep. Mm -hmm. to my house twice. Man, I was so shocked. I went to Abaco one time for ministry for two weeks at the one of the gospel chapels there. And Jehovah's came and knocked on the morning by my door. I was so shocked. In Abaco? In Abaco. Whoa. Wow. Green Turtle Key Abaco. I was living in the mission house, right across from the church. Whoa. And these two young women came knock on the door, and I found they were Jehovah's Witnesses. They all over the place. They were knocking on my door this week to write an answer, but they left a book on the phone. Yeah, they always made something. I mean, the church was 144,000, though. That's like millions <laughs> of people in the world. Mm -hmm. How would you be able to just have 140,000? Well, they, they, they started to shift from that teaching now because they've gotten so much opposition against that one they're kind of shifting from that now because even among their own they wouldn't all qualify that's right <laughs> well they say they're going to be on the earth I would like to go on when someone was getting ready to church they come knock on the door I can't get ready to go to church come go with me come on I said I'll skip church and talk with you Mm. Um, but since we're going to talk about Jesus, let's pray. Let's pray him in the grace of our friend right here. And they'll never knock on my door. Well, they don't want to hear. They target your house. They target your house. They say, don't go, don't go to that house. They find some uh, X or something on your wall. So they yeah, yeah. Don't go back. All right, but we got uh, these three means. You could read it. I may not have the time to go through it, but you could read up on it and see uh, what they believe uh, with regards to God, Jesus, sin, salvation, scriptures, and heaven. Uh, that is the uh, Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, and Christian Science. Okay, question number three. What are some of the ways the world denies the truth about Jesus? Well, we saw that it would be just looked at, uh, so we won't go into that. Um, let's look next. We will hear... John's words of encouragement for believers to remain in Christ. 
John's words of encouragement for believers to remain in Christ. Uh, who want to take that one? John first, first John 2, 26 to 29. I have written these things to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone else to teach you. Instead, this anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, just as I just as it was taught you, remain in him. So now, little children, remain in him so that, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him as at his coming. If you know that if you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone does what is right has been born of him. No one likes to be deceived then again. That's what makes it deception. <clears throat> if, if we knew deception was happening, we wouldn't be deceived. John gave us the remedy in dealing with those who are trying to deceive you. The remedy is to rely on God's Holy Spirit who lives in us. The anointing you receive from Him remains in you because of the presence of God Himself. John said, you don't need anyone to teach you. The Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit gives us prompting, a gentle nudge in our spirit. When someone tries to decide us about the things of God, John did not mean human teachers are unimportant. Even as the apostle wrote this, for example, he was teaching his reading, readers. What John was saying, however, was that the same Spirit of God who anointed him to teach and inspired him to write these words lives in all who are saved to help us discern the truth. This anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie. Just as it, just as it has taught you, remain in him. The Holy Spirit affirms the truth of God's word when we read it and hear others teach it. Most of the family members are Georgia Bulldog fans. On Saturdays during football season, my adult children often feel a need to visit mom and dad around the kickoff time. They don't have cable. Watching TV via the internet works okay until it starts buffering during keeping. <laughs> so they have to depend on someone else, me, to help them get to see the whole game. Thankfully, the Christian life is not like that. Only a false teacher would claim he is the one, only one who can give you the whole truth and the real message for God. But God has given us his full revelation in Scripture, and he has given us his Holy Spirit to help us understand his word. <laughs> To stay in tune with what the Spirit is doing and teaching, we must remain in Him. I once heard Tony Evans explain this principle <clears throat> by comparing it with making hot tea. People make hot tea either by dipping a tea bag in hot water or by letting the tea bag remain in the cup. Sipping the tea bag will give you tea all right, but it's weak. But if you let the tea bags fully submerge in the water and leave it there, you come away with strong tea. 
I have friends who boil water early in the morning and they let the tea bags soak all day. That is strong tea. Yeah. <laughs> Some people approach the Bible like that one who just dips a tea bag into hot water and over and over. Dipping makes the weak dipping makes for weak tea and it makes a weak grounding in the truth of the scripture. If we want to be strong in the Lord, we need to be like tea bags that remain immersed in water. We must remain in His Word and in His Spirit. Next page. In this last hour, 1 John 2.18, it is vitally important that we acknowledge the truth, that Jesus is the Christ, verse 22, and that we never cease to show the truth to others. Of false teachings, as false teachings arise, and we surrounded by those who don't believe in absolute truth, we can rely on the Spirit of God to show us what is right and to help us overcome. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. John 16:15. Okay. Question number four says, what disciplines have helped you remain in Jesus? And obviously that would be the Word, right? Staying in the Word. And uh, question five says, what are some obstacles that keep us from remaining in Jesus and relying on Him? What are some of the obstacles that keep you from relying on Jesus? Lack of faith. Try to rely on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding, okay. Uh, bad advice from other people who are not grounded in the truth. Okay, all those things are, are intended to keep us. But notice, the best way to avoid being led astray by false teaching is to remain in Christ, staying engaged with His Word and relying on the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, Let's, time is gone here, so let's wrap up. Again, the point is what? Right, truth is grounded in the reality of who Jesus Christ is. Uh, let's look at uh, page 61. How are we going to flesh this out? We must rely on the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's Word to overcome and stand strong in the face of false teaching. Three points. Pray. Ask the Lord to reveal to you any lies you may have believed. Ask that the Holy Spirit would make it clear when the enemy tries to get you to believe things that aren't true. That's what he's for. Two, study together. Immerse yourself in the study of God's Word. Surround yourself with other Christians in group Bible study. Encourage one another as you grow deeper in your knowledge of the truth. And three, research. If a certain cult or religion is prominent in your area, do some research and learn, learn where they differ from the truth of the gospel. A good place to start with the information is the fourthtruth.net. That's an internet website, fourthtruth.net. So you can look up that website when you go home and see what it has to offer. Okay, but you got three points there. Pray, stay together, and research. Okay, we got our marching orders, right? So, uh, we need to remain in Christ, make a priority to know God's Word, 
and to know the basic teachings of Christianity. And that sheet we gave you this morning, that handout, that shows the difference between royal religions and cults is a good place to start, gives some good uh, hands-on uh, knowledge on what, uh, what the teachings of basic Christianity uh, is. Okay, let's close in prayer. Father, help us to know you and your word. Bring to our memory the truths of your word that we have read and studied over time. Bless us now as we leave here. We pray for your blessed benediction. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.